welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, you take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see, fill our hearts, we pray, with the warmth of your love so that, loving you in all things and above all things, we may attain your promises which surpass every human desire. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Have a care for justice, act with integrity, For soon my salvation will come, and my integrity be manifest. Foreigners who have attached themselves to the Lord, to serve him, and to love his name, and be his servants. All who observe the Sabbath, not profaning it, and cling to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their holocaust and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O God, let all the nations praise you. O God, let all the nations praise you. O God, be gracious and bless us, and let your face shed its light upon us so will your ways be known upon earth, and all nations learn your saving help. O God, 
Let all the nations praise you. Let the nations be glad and exult, for you rule the world with justice. With fairness you rule the peoples. You guide the nations on earth. O God, let all the nations praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God still give us his blessing, till the ends of the earth revere him. O God, let all the nations praise you. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Let me tell you pagans this. I have been sent to the pagans as their apostle, and I am proud of being sent. But the purpose of it is to make my own people envious of you, and in this way, save some of them. Since their rejection meant the reconciliation of the world, do you know what their admission would mean? Nothing less than a resurrection from the dead. God never takes back his gifts or revokes his choice. Just as you change from being disobedient to God and now enjoy mercy because of their disobedience, so those who are disobedient now and only because of the mercy shown to you will also enjoy mercy eventually. God has imprisoned all men in their own disobedience only to show mercy to all mankind. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom and healed all who were sick. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus left Gennesaret and withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Then out came a Canaanite woman from the district and started shouting, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples went and pleaded with him. Give her what she wants, they said, because she's shouting after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman had come up and was kneeling at his feet. Lord, she said, help me. He replied, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the house dogs. She retorted, ah, yes, sir, but even the house dogs can eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, you have great faith. Let your wish be granted. And from that moment, her daughter was well again. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We only heard this Gospel um, a couple of weeks ago during the weekday cycle. Um, And here we are again, but it's such a fascinating and a confusing Gospel. Um, you know, how are we supposed to understand what's going on? How, how are we supposed to understand Jesus' rather strange behavior? It's, it's so uncharacteristic. We don't expect Jesus to be setting limits on his ministry. Like, I've not been sent to you. I've been sent to others. So why are you bothering me? Well, when we look closely uh, at the story of the Canaanite woman, we can see that she actually she suffers 
Three setbacks. Firstly, when she cries out to Jesus, the first thing that she's met with is silence. The first setback she has is that, well, she's pretty much ignored. We read in the Gospel that Jesus didn't say a word in answer to her. And surely that's unexpected from Jesus. And it's something perplexing because she's actually asked for something good. She's not even asked for something for herself, but for her daughter. The second setback that she has is that the disciples, they kind of try to shoo her away. Clearly, she starts to make a bit of a scene. She makes a nuisance of herself and the disciples are fed up with her antics. It's time for this noisy woman to move on. Yeah, they want to give her what she wants, but only to get rid of her. The third setback, though, is is pretty devastating. Despite being ignored, despite being shooed away, this woman hangs in there and manages to get Christ's attention. And what does he say? It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. I mean, you know, it's so uncharacteristic of Jesus. I mean, he effectively compares this woman to a dog. And, you know, these days it's remarkably offensive to call someone a dog. And if anything, it would have been even more offensive in Jesus' day. Well, I think the fact that Jesus is doing something so unexpected probably tells us that, no, it's not just that he's having a bad day, but but he's doing something on purpose. He's bringing something about So what do we see in this woman? Well, despite these three setbacks, the ignoring, the shooing, and and Jesus' rebuke, the Canaanite woman isn't discouraged. She continues to make her case to Jesus, and she does it with a brilliant one-liner. Yeah, sure, but even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of the master. What a brilliant response. I mean, have you ever been on the back foot arguing with someone and you think of a great one-liner, but just that little bit too late? Well, this woman delivers the zinger in perfect timing. And so much so that Jesus gives in. He goes from ignoring and dismissing her to praising her. Woman, you have great faith. Now, coming from Jesus, that is high praise. That's the praise the apostles didn't even get. If you remember the gospel from last week where Peter was walking on the water and he started to sink, Jesus accuses Peter of having a lack of faith. Peter says, Jesus, why did you doubt? Now we have this remarkable woman, this foreigner, a woman, an outcast, someone who doesn't belong to the people of God because she's a Canaanite. In fact, she would stand as an enemy of the people of God, because if you remember, the Canaanites were the ones who were dispossessed when the 12 tribes of Israel came into the promised land, into the land of Canaan, right? Here's one who should be the ultimate outsider, and Jesus praises her for her great faith. You see, amongst silence, the ignoring, the shooing, and the rebuke, All of this has served to expose this woman's tremendous faith. In a sense, the struggle has drawn it out of her. So, in the face of of these 
three setbacks, right? How badly does this Canaanite woman want to receive the grace from Jesus? To what lengths will she go to see that her daughter will be healed? Well, overcoming the obstacles of, firstly, you know, in Jesus' time, being a woman, um, being a foreigner, and, you know, let's face it, she's probably most likely a widow, given the fact that she's the one who is approaching Jesus and speaking for herself rather than, you know, the husband going and doing the job. Despite, you know, these obstacles that she's presented with, she perseveres. What's clear by the end of the story is that she is a woman who has faith and that she's a woman who has perseverance. She's tough. She's got guts. Fortitude. And now Jesus is holding up this woman as an example. Woman, you have great faith. And, you know, perhaps an example of how we ought to deal with Jesus. The Canaanite woman firstly approaches Jesus in faith. Notice that she calls him Lord and son of David. Even though she's not a Jew, even though David was never her king, she recognizes the lordship of Jesus. From that position of faith, she also approaches Jesus from a position of humility. She kneels before him and she pleads, Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy on me. And then lastly, she approaches Jesus with perseverance. She doesn't stop. And she doesn't let a little setback discourage her. So, faith, humility, perseverance. Pretty powerful recipe. Recipe then for us. So just one last little question, though, that that seems to be unanswered. Why does Jesus resist so much? Why, why the silence and why the harsh words? Why is he so uncharacteristically discouraging in this passage? He seems so willing to help other people. Why does he make this woman wait? Why does he put her through the ringer? Well, St. Augustine has an interesting answer. He says, if God makes you wait, if he's silent, if you've got to confront rejection, what God is doing is actually preparing you to receive grace. If Jesus just gave us everything we asked for as soon as we asked for it, then how much would we really value the gift? You know, we do the same with our kids, right? If your son asks you for a bike, you don't give it straight away, even if you can afford it, because you know that very soon the bike will be left out in the garden to rust and your son will be asking for something else next. A good parent will wait. A good parent will help the child to work for the gift because then the child will understand how precious the gift really is. Well, here's Jesus preparing the woman to receive the great grace of healing. Through the discouragement, the obstacles, she comes to the high point of her prayer. She says, Lord, help me. And, you know, in the Greek, it indicates that she's kneeling down and pleading with Jesus. And Jesus' silence and rejection and the discouragement of the disciples brought her to this moment of deep and sincere prayer and it made her ready to receive the grace. 
It can be difficult to see, but Jesus is actually being very merciful. It turns out that he's prepared two gifts for this woman. One is the healing of her daughter. The other is bringing her into his deeper friendship. Persevering in prayer has made her his close friend. So, you know, at the start of the story, she's not asking for enough. She's only asking something for her daughter. Jesus also has something for her. So, does Christ do the same for us? Yeah, I reckon he probably does. We need to come with faith, humility, and perseverance. Because maybe the Lord is just longing to pour into our laps more than what we're asking for. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. 
we are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.